of True North Nerd. Yay! This week, uh, a little bit light on the news, but heavy on the reviews, because we are going to go through Disney Plus's Hawkeye, Ghostbusters Afterlife, Star Trek Discovery, uh, probably a little bit of He-Man. Uh, am I missing anything? The Wheel of Time. Wheel of Time, because Kevin saw a bit of that. Three episodes have dropped so far. Doctor Who. There's only yeah, two episodes Doctor of Who. that left this well, season. We might leave. Maybe we'll leave Doctor Who off. No spoilers. Okay. okay. We're still like two seasons behind. I have them. It's sitting on the desk, but we haven't uh. watched it yet. So uh, Kevin's here. I am here. And Ryan's here. I'm here. And Jen's here. I'm always here. There she is. <laughs> Ryan. Yes. I know it's light in the news, but what do you got? Oh, we have some news. Do we? There was a big event over the last two weeks that happened. Which was? So big that Sony rented out a whole theater for it and invited people in to see the trailer for Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, Yay? (laughs) That was the most dramatic reading I've ever Like outside of us going to see Ghostbusters and seeing the trailer on the big screen? Yeah, no. Oh, they had like a trailer event Yeah, they had a big... Pay, don't you pay attention to what happens on the internet when and stuff like yeah there was a there was the, the Tuesday that it was released they had a, you know they oh they got it if they rented a theater and had a big fan event uh, they, they, Tom Holland was there and he like hi everybody here's the trailer <laughs> and then, that's like, a terrific uh, Tom Holland impression yeah, he, thank you. I wasn't trying I thought Tom people, Holland was in the room the people at home are wondering right now how we got him <laughs> I know and then he got up and he was like I know I'm not supposed to do this. But let's watch it again. And then they watched it again. I think he was lying on that part. Oh, probably. I bet he was allowed to do this. Probably. Is That's anybody it. beside me sick of Spider-Man teasers? Like, let, just let, let it be. You know, well, you know who's sick only... of it? <laughs> Kevin what? Feige? No, what's his name? Andrew Garfield. Because <laughs> uh. he, he, he finally, like... I wouldn't say snapped in an interview this week, but he finally is like, look, I'm not going to say anything. In a month from now, we're all going to find out the answer to your questions. That's it. I hope he's not in the movie just to disappoint a lot of nerds. Me too. <laughs> I'm kind of hoping that too. Oh. But really, if you think about it, it's not. this is only the second trailer. So it's not that there's been too many teasers or trailers or people care too much it's too much talk about it on the internet is what it is it's not going to live up to anybody's expectations i don't know i think it'll live up to mine yeah i'm actually going in pretty low expectations on the movie like other like other than it's it's spider-man other than it's marvel and it's spider-man yeah like the tom holland spider-man movies have been great so i'm looking forward to it i'm just i just want I don't know what I want, but I don't want people to be talking about this anymore. No, I don't care if I see another image from this film until the day we go to see it. 
is more concerned about what the backlash is going to be when it doesn't live up to people's expectations. Ugh. Oh, it's still going. It's like on track to be the biggest movie of the year. Yeah, and then everybody on the internet is going to be not like, it wasn't well, exactly what I thought it was going to be. Mm, isn't Shang-Chi the highest grossing movie this year? No, Ghostbusters is. Actually. Ghostbusters is not. Or at least Ghostbusters had the biggest opening. Had the biggest. Had one of the biggest. I don't know if it was the biggest. Yeah. Was it the biggest? Yep. biggest? Yeah, it was like 40 million. Domestic. It was 60, 60, 60 total. In, 60 worldwide, but yeah. 40 domestic North America. Good for Ghostbusters. But it won't get that China bump either, I don't no. think. Nothing no. will this year. I don't think China showed well, any movies, are they? No, but Ghostbusters won't appear in China because of Ghost oh. and busting them. Well, Shang-Chi isn't being shown in China either, and I don't think Eternals is. So No, oh. well... I don't know. I know it's not being Eternals isn't being shown in parts of the Middle East. Yeah, because they Marvel decided to do Marvel and Disney uh, decided to stand up to the bullies and went, no, we're not taking your the gay subplot out. Fuck you. And so a number of countries went, oh well, we're not showing your movie then. Huh. Yeah. I'm looking at um, at. Uh, box office mojo to see what the number one movie in the world is this year mm-hmm. and it's a Korean film that barely made any money in North America so um, I'm not sure what that means <laughs> that, <laughs> you should look up the North America the last box couple office. of years though well what? it's made it, this says it's made 889 million dollars huh it's called the battle at Lake Shangin yeah well it's like the um what was it like we were doing the podcast but I think it was early in us doing the show and like the number one movie of the year was like Wolf Brigade 2 out of Hong Kong because it had just people had just gone to see the crap out of it and it's a movie we had never even heard of so so according to Box Office Mojo the number one um, the number one English or movie is No Time to Die oh. the James Bond film which now, again proves that North American worldwide. box office isn't necessary. Yeah, because domestically it's made 155 million, worldwide 735 million. Yeah, uh, the highest grossing movie domestically in North America is Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, 224 no? okay. million. Okay, I stand corrected. Then Venom with 207, <sighs> Black Widow with 183, and F9. Uh, nine. I totally forgot about f- nine. It's all about family, though. We can't forget about family. Me. Uh, okay, so I don't know if you guys saw this trailer, and I think it just came out the last couple of days. Um, there was a new Super Pets trailer. I did watch that trailer. That's very cute. I love the designs of the Justice League in it. Uh, I've seen stills. I haven't watched the trailer yet. Though. Yeah, like. Like seventies Afro cyborg and yeah, yeah. John Krasinski is playing Superman. Is he? Yeah. Oh. Okay. I I liked it. It looks fun. It you know, it's a kids movie. Oh yeah. I'm, Which is no, like that's fine. Yeah. No. It's it's it'll be, it'll be a fun kids movie. Uh, something that won't be a fun kids movie. <laughs> uh, Mel Gibson is reportedly d- going to be directing a Lethal Weapon five. Oh. Who asked for this movie? I don't know. Like at this point. Yeah. Like I could even see like 10 years ago maybe, but at this point like uh, I don't know. like and I love the the first Lethal Weapon movies. Uh 
Mel Gibson's uh, horribleness notwithstanding. Yes. Um, but it, yeah, I, I get. Although the one thing I will say is like not a bad choice to follow because Richard Donner obviously can't direct them due to you know not being alive anymore. Um, not a bad choice to do it, but it's also one of those things that like I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah. And you know what? I may give it a shot. You know, Mel Gibson aside, you know, I, I enjoyed, like I said, I enjoyed the Lethal Weapons. I enjoyed the TV show. TV show was pretty good. Well, it lasted, but, you know, it, it ran into some issues and. Yeah. Had to replace actors and characters in the final, in the third season and just never got off the, you know, it just kind of died after that. Yeah. So. Um, okay. Speaking of 80s stars. Uh, Sylvester Stallone was playing on his Instagram and posted a photo of his new costume in for Guardians of the Galaxy 3, which was oh. also quickly taken down. Oh, that would be why I haven't seen it. Uh, but it does exist out on the internet, obviously. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so he will be returning as his Ravagers character. Well, him and James Gunn apparently get along really well. Yay. I have some related Guardians of the Galaxy news. The filming for the ride that's opening at Epcot this summer uh, is officially done. So the Imagineers uh, and Glenn Close is back as Nova Prime, a character who died in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1. Uh, and James Gunn has said, well, theme parks are an alternate universe from the MCU. He's <laughs> not wrong. Yeah. Which, is how, which is how both uh, Steve Rogers, Captain America, and Sam Wilson, Captain America, can be at Avengers Campus at Disneyland at the same time. Exactly. It's its own little pocket. Yep. It's the universe of merchandising. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> money, money, money. Uh, oh, here's a good and interesting one. So Netflix is working with uh, the band Gorillaz. On a full-length animated feature. Yes. I, I, And it's going to be sort of a musical. Yeah. Oh. And I am excited about this. I thought you would be. I, I really like Gorillaz, both I, as I, a musical act and as and like... their videos. As their designs are oh, yeah. just really good. Because uh, for those who don't know, the visual aspect to Gorillaz was created by Jamie Hewlett, who's the guy behind Tank Girl. Okay, like I, did, that, well, I the, did not know that. Yeah, uh, the the uh, comic book version of Tank Girl, but I assumed that. But uh, yeah, it's it's weird because this, and again, I'll believe it when I see it because this is a property that has nearly had like a TV show at least twice. I want to say they were going to do a movie right when that second album, the one with Clint Eastwood, that that big hit that like you would recognize yeah. instantly. When that hit, they were talking to Steven Spielberg's company, I think, at the time, and just nothing Why ever is that happened. Song called Clint Eastwood. Did he uh, say the words Clint Eastwood? No, in that song, uh, in the they use. So. There's a sample from the Good, the Bad, the Ugly's score. Oh, in, is there in okay. it? Yeah, but not like the one that we, not the one we all like the piece from the score that we all recognize. It's like just a, a different something else from it. Yeah. Then. There's my music nerdiness shining really good, but uh, I'm curious what it is because I like know at one point they were describing when and this was years and years ago it was going to be kind of like a really fucked up version of the Beatles' Hard Day's Night. Nice, that'd be kind of fun. I hope they incorporate Snoop. 
<laughs> have, you, have you seen that one when he comes out and, and he performs? I think it's during Clint Eastwood. Oh, uh, maybe. They kind of do uh, he rolls and they're, 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 it's like that going on. And when they get that point, and then he comes in and starts like, you know, spitting lyrics. It's hmm. a. Uh, uh, I've always dog looked, thing. It, it, it's because of gorillas that I know how the haunted mansion ghosts work. Oh, so they did a Grammy performance with Madonna, uh-huh. and I was astonished by the fact that at one part in the performance, like apparently in front of a live crowd, she walks around an animated character like 360 degrees, mm-hmm. and you don't see through that cartoon at all. Oh. And like I had to like how does this work? I must know. And I, and basically it's magic. a it's a really Dark advanced magic. version of Pepper's, Pepper's Ghost. Ghost. Like it, it's it's the same principle just done with better technology than right. what, what the park used to use. And magic. Yeah, but it's Black just magic. It, it's phenomenal it. to see. She's a witch. Well, Madonna I wouldn't be surprised at all if she's into some <laughs> black magic. It depends if that's what pop culture is into right now, then that's what she's into right now. Ooh, hot take, hot what? Take. That's how she stays relevant. It is very true. <laughs> it's not means it's not meant as a burn. I mean, good for her. What the burn is is that she should have retired a long time ago. Ooh, there you go. Tune in next episode for the continuation of the Jen Madonna feud. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and in my last little uh, little bit of news here uh, is some comic book news. Uh, I was reading a story of a, a story Marvel has coming out this February. Uh, it's a five issue uh, series called the Gwenverse, and instead of being a bunch, you know, like Spider Verse, and it being a bunch of different Peter Parkers that are Spider Man, mm-hmm. this one's a bunch of different Gwens that are different Marvel characters. I've seen <laughs> the, the concept art for some of yeah, them. Yeah, there's a cover out right now. You can find it online, and it's like, you know, you have Spider Gwen, you have like, looks like Wolverine Gwen, and Captain there's America Gwen. There's Gwenpool already, isn't there? There is a Gwenpool already, which I would wonder if she will be part of this as well, because she is a very weird character in that. She's kind of not in main continuity, but also is. I'm not sure she may be, because she kind of she's in like the dead like Deadpool. Yeah, where it's like sometimes you know some stories of Deadpool is not in continuity, and some of it is. Is there a Squirrel yeah. Gwen? I wouldn't be. Who knows? There might be. <laughs> that a, would be awesome. There's a really cool video. Uh, it's a little old that Movie Bob put out, where he talks about how like. Spider Gwen, or she's got a couple different names at this Ghost point. Ghost Spider. Ghost Spider. Yeah. Well, she was Spider Woman in her comic. Is like the kind of rightful improvement of that character because she sort of is like Gwen Stacy as a character is sort of like the exquisite corpse. Yeah. Like, like basically, like she didn't have a heck of a lot of character, and most of like what we know about her and like how she is used is due to the fact she is dead. Yeah. Right. And it's kind of an interesting turnaround for it. Yeah. All right. Anything that was, else? That was a- so the only news I have, there was a Destination D event, which is a Disney it's it's like a mini D twenty three expo. They had a Destination D event at Walt Disney World last week. Um they did they didn't announce anything major. They didn't announce any new attractions basically because everything has been so slow to get built because of the event, which shall be remain nameless. Um, 
Voldemort? Yeah, yes. that too. Because of Voldemort. Because of Voldemort. The uh, they didn't really announce anything new. They just magic. let us know when some things are opening. Uh, we know that Guardians of the Galaxy is opening in the summer. Uh, but they did announce that the Avengers campus that's being built at Disneyland Paris is opening this summer as well, which I didn't know they were that far Ooh, ahead la, la. of. Let's go to Paris. Yeah, so they've turned the... Uh, at Disney World in Florida, there's a ride called the Rock and Roller Coaster with Aerosmith. They had a version of that ride at Disneyland Paris. They have turned it into an Iron Man roller coaster. So cool. that's kind of cool. Um, I'm so. all up for a trip to Paris. Uh, I love Paris. Yeah, me too. So, uh, you know, maybe we'll see. We'll get to Paris someday to go to Avengers Campus. <laughs> and to go to all the museums and cathedrals and art galleries. So it's funny you mentioned like costume leaks as while well, we were having dinner. Uh, photos and a little bit of footage of Jason Momoa as the crow leaked out onto the internet. Really? Okay. Yeah, from that movie that isn't happening. Ah, damn it! Was it not? No, it, like it tanked like two, three years ago. Oh, and it's just but you almost get the feeling because it seems to be like. Whenever it happens, the director like promotes these. You wonder if they're trying to pull a Deadpool with it, because the problem was was budget. Yeah, is Momoa and the director who like apparently they really got along and really wanted to do it, uh, had a budget in mind to to do it right, and the film company went no, and they just they they both just walked away as opposed to trying to do it with a lesser budget, which is kind of admirable in some ways. Um, as for description, uh, looks like the crow, uh, but he's buff. Yep. Does he have a shirt on? Nope. No. <laughs> That's the sound of me shaking my head, kids. <laughs> if you're wondering what that rattling was. <laughs> yep. oh, I think I knocked the hamster off. It's Momoa <laughs> owns four shirts, and he can only wear them three days a week. Mm. So that brings us to the review portion of the episode. Uh, do we start with the thing that we've all watched? What sure. Or do I'll we watch? go with something yeah, else? Yeah, we'll start with let's start with Hawkeye. Okay, let's start with Hawkeye. The first two episodes have appeared uh, pretty good. Yeah. Yep. I like it. It's it's true to the source material, but also different. Right. Yes. Well, it had to be. I wondered yeah. how they were going to make it true to the source material. Especially and when we kept hearing about the characters like that they announced were in it that aren't in that book. Like Echo is is right. one, obviously. And I didn't know Swordsman was in this show. And yet there he is. It took me a while to like figure out where do I I'm know like, that name yeah, from. Jack Duquesne, Jack Duquesne, I know that. Is that He's got that twirly mustache. Uh, soon to be stepdad. Is sword okay. Is swordsman, yeah. Who, who is, is swordsman? He is the guy who trained Hawkeye in the in comics. In the comics, he oh. trained Guess what Hawkeye. his superpower is? Swords. Yeah. So he was like a petty crook who worked at a carnival where Clint was training too and so Hawkeye started as a villain as well that yeah. yep. went good. Which totally doesn't work in the MCU, but I'm glad they've tied him into Kate's origin. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious to see how this show goes because it's fairly lighthearted. Like, I'm sure we're going to get into a little bit more sterner stuff as it goes on. But that's not necessarily a bad thing, especially after like the heaviness of the, the past two MCU shows yeah. with WandaVision and Falcon and Winter Soldier. And it, Loki. Uh, yeah, I guess Loki had some moments here and there where it was like it was very serious matter, but had <laughs> some humorous parts. 
thought that was my phone. But this is <laughs> this definitely is leaning a bit more onto the comedy, like that whole oh, yeah. LARPing part <laughs> in the, the second episode. Aww. Yeah, it was great. I love Just the bros, the bro oh. gang, or whatever they're called. The tracksuit mafia. There you go. Yeah. Uh, and I love that everybody knows who Hawkeye is. He's like, he's like probably the lowest profile of the original Avengers. But he's high enough profile that like one out of every ten people knows who he is. Yeah, I like that. And he like, will you take a selfie with me while I'm peeing? No, no, I won't. How about now? (laughs) Now that you're washing your hands, how about now? Uh, I love that part where you know his daughter turns. Did you turn your hearing aid off? No, 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 I didn't. I'm, I'm fine. That was a terrible, terrible song. Yeah, I know. That That musical was terrible. The musical. (laughs) You know what I will tell you. That guy wasn't there. <laughs> yeah, Ant Man. Ant Man. He wasn't there. Um, now, uh, the guy who wrote that song is a very good. Oh, I, yeah, I, I assumed it was he purposely. Specifically, wrote a terrible song. It's yeah. one of those weird things. Like he did a really good job of writing it really badly. Yeah. Well, which I, I think I read. Hard. He was that, aiming for the schlockiness. Well, yeah. I think yeah. I read somewhere that he, he himself thought that. He want, he wrote it so that the the Avengers themselves would actually hate it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's I'm really enjoying this show so far. I'm, I'm I was looking forward <coughs> to it all along, but Hawkeye's always been like my favorite of the original Avengers. So I really I really like this, and I like that he's got the opportunity to to be like the main character because usually he's not the main character in anything. So well, even in the first Avengers, he was a, he got turned bad in that first movie. Yeah, like we didn't really know mm-hmm. him as a person for. And I did like that we got the establishing shot of her tie into him when yeah the, you know, to be like during the Battle of New York, her house was like right there. She watched him shooting arrows. So yeah. that would be interesting to go back and see if. A building that looks like that is actually there. If you can see it in any of the shots, you won't, obviously you won't yeah. see her mm. unless you watch. Now that here you go. If you watch on Disney Plus, do they go back and insert a little kid <laughs> in the background and make sure you see that shot, but only in that copy of the film? Yeah, well, maybe that'd be hilarious. That'd be I, that, I, that'd be George Lucas right there. I really like the actress who's playing Kate too. Yeah. Ellie Seinfeld. Yeah, yeah she Seinfeld. was great in Bumblebee. Yeah. Yep. I didn't watch Bumblebee, but <laughs> you should. <laughs> eh, maybe. I, I like her. I think she's she's really cute, and she does a good job, and yeah. she's got good comedic timing. She was in the remake of uh, True Grit, wasn't she? Yes. Yeah, but she but, was like seven. Yeah, but so, like <laughs> that's probably what I saw her in. Because yeah, I liked her in that too. She's a good actress. Yeah, and she's she's a very good fit. Yeah. for the part. And I love how <laughs> I love it when he's like, "Here, I'll give you my phone number. Emergencies only." <laughs> text you, me twi- too many times, and I'm going to block you. And immediately, she texts, "Miss me." Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, it's hard to say much more because it's only two episodes right. at yeah. this point. Now you, we, we talk about how funny it is, but it's also gritty. Like it's urban. Like mm-hmm. this is the first s- sort of like urban crime. Like uh, uh, except for the Netflix shows, yeah. this is the first Disney Plus down on the ground, down the on the street, ground in, in the, the street level mm. uh, show, uh, which is interesting. Um, well, wouldn't Falcon and Winter Soldier be kind of like that? Yeah, but it was more sort of global, yeah. international, yeah, yeah. Uh, 
uh, you know. Yeah, because they went to like they went all over the place. Yeah, yeah they live in Europe a lot and Madripoor so. and yeah. yeah, yeah. Whereas this is this is very much a New York story. I love that there is a deadline too. It's not it's not like a ticking time bomb. Somebody's going to die if we don't get to the if if we don't solve this before before the time bomb the timer runs out. But Clint's going to be in an awful lot of trouble with his family yeah. if he doesn't get home if he doesn't Christmas. get home by Christmas. Like all good traditional Christmas movies, yeah. that's the goal. Yeah. yeah, and I love how supportive his wife is, where she's like, oh, "I know, okay, what's the deal? What's going on? Everything's yeah. fine." I also love when he was packing his kids off, and he's like, "Okay, remember the very first important thing is don't lose Nate. Where is Nate?" Oh, there's. <laughs> I forgot he had an old. The son was the oldest, and I also I love the that, daughter was the oldest. I also love that they named the baby Nate after Natasha. Oh yeah. Because <laughs> remember when in what was it Civil War where we discover his family and she's the Hawkeye's wife's pregnant, and Natasha was like, "You were gonna name this one after me," and she's like, "Oh, it's a boy," and he was like, "She was like a oh, traitor," <laughs> and then they named. They him did Nate. it anyways. Yeah. Um, I was reading somewhere or maybe it was a nurse video that said that this is the show that is now the farthest ahead yes. in, this the, one, in the timeline. I was going to get into that. This one is two years after uh, after, after Endgame, cause, or ish, because they say it's been a couple so of years. So it's Christmas 2025 yeah. on this show, mm. yeah, uh, so which like is interesting. We're well past every other Disney Plus show. Mm-hmm. Because they're all months within months of Endgame, and then now in theory we're like a year, possibly a year past Spider Man. Yeah. Because well, we're at least a year past uh, Far From Home, because that was one year later. Yeah. yeah. And we assume that at least the beginning of No Way Home starts right after Far From Home. Yeah, because he's dealing with the backlash of being his having being his identity outed. revealed. Yeah. So we don't know if there's any kind of time jump in this movie or not with the whole multiverse and stuff, but yeah. Yeah, it, it's at the same time though. Like we're we're seeing the Marvel segregation still, right? Because like there's no hints of what's going on so far in the rest of the MCU in right. this show. Yeah, like he hasn't talked about Bucky or or Falcon or sorry or a giant guy rising up out of the ocean. Yeah, <laughs> none of that. So yeah, but uh, yeah, so so far good. Yep, I'm happy with it so Curious far. To see where it goes, we got we have Me Lucky. Yep. Oh, Pizza Dog! Pizza Dog! Yep. Pizza Dog! I I'm need to a, reread that comic. I don't remember yeah, a lot of the it. The only thing that I'm kind of like is just like it's a, like a political thing in the show. It like with the show is the fact that David Asia, the the guy who was the artist on Hawkeye, should get a shitload more credit than he's getting for that show, or as he puts it, money. <laughs> Oh, he's not getting any money for it. That—that's the the contracts they sign, right? Yeah. It, it's it's the, it's the one of the shitty things, uh, like uh, that. I'll say it outright about Marvel is and Disney is like the way the contracts are, sh- are structured. They don't have to give these guys anything. That's too bad. Uh, sometimes they have to give them a little bit, and it just sort of like it sort of sucks because Matt Fraction's like a producer on the show. Yeah, he's an executive producer. Yeah, yeah. It would be it would have been nice if they had done something for him because it's like all the posters are based off his his artwork yeah. aesthetic. All the, like the the opening, the opening and closing yeah. credit animations. Like throw that guy some money. He deserves it. I mean, it's definitely not 
justification for it, but I'm at least hoping that people seeing it yeah. will let him go and will maybe encourage them to go and buy the book. But that's of no way encouraging working for exposure because I find that total bullshit. But you know, well, I always try to look work for, just for exposure. No, I know, but I mean, like in, yeah. in this case, just this extra. In and this he probably case. does get some sort of royalties from the the trade paperback sales and stuff. Oh like yeah. yeah, that's why I'm saying I, I'm hoping people are looking at his art on the show and will go and buy the book because then at least he'll get totally, something. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Because it, it came out, it, like, the the only reason I bring it up is somebody on Twitter pointed out that, like, because all, like, a lot of the online nerd community is crediting, like, oh, it's Matt Fraction's Hawkeye, blah, 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 and showing the posters. And somebody went, like, you know, maybe David Asia, who created the artwork that this poster is directly ripped off of, maybe he should get some credit, too. And he responded, or some money would be nice. <laughs> so... Aww. He's not the only one, but it, like, it just sort of sucks. Yeah, and it also shows like why these guys will, well, they work for Marvel for a couple of years, will then go off and do creator own stuff because yep. then they'll get a bigger portion of the pie. Yeah. Yep. All right, so there's that. So we could go with Star Trek Discovery, Ghostbusters, sure. or spin the wheel. <laughs> Why well, don't you guys do a brief on Star Trek Discovery? Sure. Jen and I haven't seen it yet. Well, we're, only no. two epi- well, two we're two episodes in on Star Trek Discovery as we record this. Uh, the Discovery is still in the 31st century, which is great. That is that is now the established time period for the show. The Federation is rebuilding. But, of course, there's another galaxy-wide c- disaster catastrophe that has struck, and only the Discovery can help stop it. Which Which... Makes a little sense because they are the only ship with the technology to jump all around the galaxy right now. Yeah, they can get there the fastest. And they're the only ship with Starfleet Academy trained officers on it as well uh, because there has been no Federation for the last hundred years. So we're in a rebuilding phase for the Federation, which is c- kind of interesting. Yep. They've started a new academy. Mm-hmm. They have, you know, they're taking in new recruits. They established that in the first episode. Yep. Um. Saru came back. Yep. Saru was gone very briefly after the end of season three. I'll just be very vague about it because I know you guys haven't seen it yet. But he is Thank back. You. And even though Michael is the captain of the Discovery now, he's found his place. And that's great. He's going to be uh, her number one. And I like their new Starfleet uniforms. They do look cool. I've seen images of those. And it's a nice It's, it's a nice look. mix between the old school, like original series and... and and next gen. Yep. With the asymmetrical jackets. Uh, one side of the lapel is a lot longer than the other. It's kind of, They're kind of cool yeah. looking. Um, so, yeah. Um, I'm having fun with it. And, uh, you know, giant Trek nerd that I am, I will keep watching it. So, yeah. All your favorite characters are back. Yep. Um, and new roles, or at least, you know, expanded roles. I mean. it, it, they're obviously setting Culber up to be a ship's counselor. Um, Dr. Culber from just being a doctor. He's going to be a ship psychologist, I think. Because you got to think, all of these people have been through a, a heck of a lot. They've lost every single person they know when they left the 23rd century. You know, all their friends and family are 800 years dead. Yep. So, so yeah. Uh, and if, there's a little tie into Picard. There was a yes. There's a tiny tie into Picard Ooh. as well. Yeah, yeah. So uh, uh, it, it's a fun show, and it's it's gorgeous to look at. They do mm. a fantastic yeah. job with effects. 
Um, Everything's so. nice and shiny. I think they're using that same technology that they use on Mandalorian now with the giant they LED are. back screens. Um, I actually had a conversation with uh, James Green about it. It's uh, yeah, they they've built one. Uh, he couldn't remember who it was, but it's somebody's built one. In, it's in Pine. Is it at Pinewood? That's where Discovery uh, shoots in I, Toronto. Actually, I don't think it or is. Or is it at the new CBS studio I in think, Mississauga? I think that's where it is. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So cool. that is Star Trek Discovery. It's yep. fun. So Watch far, it. So good. Alrighty. Uh, E-Man? Uh, yeah. New, the part two of He-Man came out. Yes, it did. I've watched three episodes. It's quite good. Yeah, it's continuing. It's what, five it? episodes this it's part? It's five, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah this five's pretty easy to watch. We shouldn't call it He-Man because it's really the Tila show. Well, and once again, yeah, it's, the, it's Masters of the Universe Revelation. Yeah. yeah. Um, He-Man's in it, Skeletor's in it, all your, all your people are in it. But yeah, the main story is about... Tila and Evelyn, really. Yeah. They're the main story arcs. Woo! Um, there's actually, so it's not a spoiler or anything, but there's a point in the last episode where you see like, he and Skeletor locking up in battle, mm. and Skeletor is being all like, Skeletor! And he mans like, you don't get it. This isn't about us. And then like punches him, and he goes... Well, like, the last episode I watched, Evelyn called Skeletor on his shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no! It, it, yeah, it's 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 really good. Like, it's good. It flips a few things on its on its head. Uh, the first, so when you watch the first episode of the new season, they do run into uh, Fisto, and then and you may have seen this because uh, this is this clip and the image is showing up online a lot this week. You have God Skeletor in the, in the sky. He's all like Skeletor, and he's like. I really, I'd really like to fist that guy. Yeah, I heard that too. And I was like, "Ooh, this is not appropriate." For you keep friends. using that word. I do not think it means what you think yeah. it means. And that's one of those. That's a line that you know that Kevin Smith put in there, and he was like, "I wonder if people will get this joke." <laughs> and people are getting this joke. joke. So, yeah, you should Jen, sit down and watch if you enjoyed the. Uh, if, you, if you liked probably part like one, Sunday night viewing. Yeah, if yeah. you liked part one. Sit down and watch part two. You'll you'll enjoy it. Jen is already petitioning uh, Mattel to make a Barbie of Evil Lynn's appearance. Oh my god! I need the, the Evil Lynn as the sorceress. Oh. Which which Evil Lynn appearance? The one where bum, she looks bum, like the bat sorceress. Oh yeah, from the trailer. Well, I know, oh, I know so which badly. one you're talking yeah. about, but there's more than but one. But there's apparently. more. Okay, well we'll cool. watch it. <laughs> Same with. You know, costume changes for other like, other characters too. That, right. you, that you'll probably be like, Ooh. I did like mindless Hulk He Man. Yeah, Savage He Man. Yeah. He's going to be in a toy two pack with Orko. Yeah, that makes sense. Another character that we might might have a costume change in store. I love Sweet. Orko. Um, so let's go to Kevin with Wheel of Time news because. We're going to leave Kevin out a little bit on the, That's the fine. last one. Yeah, so. so you guys haven't watched Wheel of Time, and I haven't seen Ghostbusters. So what is good. a Wheel of Time? The Wheel of Time is a new fantasy series. Does it uh, turn, turn, turn? 
Yes, okay. it does actually. So uh, it is a new fantasy series on Amazon Prime based on the Robert Jordan novels. Apparently, Amazon has uh, has uh, greenlit seven seasons of this show. Oh so there are oh, so they should be able to get through five of the thirteen books. Well, <laughs> the first episode of Wheel of Time, according to a Wheel of Time podcast I've been listening to, the first episode got through ten chapters of the first book. So, <laughs> so uh, there's a. I have not read the books. And so the thing about the Wheel of Time is that in this universe, time is cyclical. The wheel turns and eventually it comes back to where it started. From what I've sort of gleaned again from listening to this uh, podcast, that the TV show is actually like the next turning after the book. So things that happened in the book will happen in the TV show, but maybe not exactly the same way because the wheel has turned. Ooh, Robert Jordan was thinking ahead of himself on yeah. that one, apparently. Yeah. Uh, the show stars nobody you've probably heard of except maybe Rosamund Pike. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And she is our lead character, one of the Aes Sedai, which is a... Um, a group of magic wielding women that, that wield the power. Um, there's a magic power that uh, women can wield. Men can, but it drives them mad. Uh, and so the Aes Sedai are sort of distrusted, but are really out to do good. Um, the last cycle of the wheel, <coughs> excuse me, the dragon ended the the cycle and so they're waiting for the dragon to be reborn so the sort of thrust of this opening few episodes is the search for the reborn dragon um i'm sure it's one of our main character main characters the show is gorgeous to look at um on my on my 4k television it is just beautiful um i I felt like i missed out on the last big fantasy series which was game of thrones i'm like i'm not gonna miss out on this one (laughs) and i think i like this better because it's not just about political intrigue there's actual the first episode has this huge battle uh in a village that's just sort of destroyed by these creatures called trollocs which look to me like a cross between minotaurs and trolls and they just ravage this t- this village. The the set design is gorgeous. The acting is good even though they're like no name actors that you've never heard of before. Uh the set the the mountains that they're riding through I think it's filmed in Slovenia. Uh, is just gorgeous. So um and the story is compelling. It's taken me the three episodes to get into it. Maybe I've watched four, three, four, because they dropped three episodes. Oh, maybe I've only watched three. They dropped three episodes last week. Episode four was dropped today. So, um, uh, yeah, it's really, it's really quite good, and I'm excited to see where it goes. Um, and I wonder, you know, Amazon is also doing the new Lord of the Rings television series, mm. like to have these two sort of major fantasy series on the same network is it I, I don't know what they're thinking are they but gonna like alternate seasons so like you have one season I of Wheel of Time I don't know uh, Wheel of Time season one is only eight episodes yeah. so huh. uh, and it's gonna overlap with the Expanse season six which is on uh, Amazon as well so two weeks two weeks until that comes out so there's so much to watch right now I know it's overwhelming I really want to watch The Wheel of Time. My plan is to finish watching The Orville, which I think I'm almost done because it's only two seasons. So far. So far. And then maybe I'll start on Wheel of Time because I don't know if you want to watch it, Brent. Uh, if you watched it without me, I wouldn't be upset. That's what I figured. But it is it is really gorgeous. And uh, and I'll need a new lunchtime show because I'm still partly working from home. Nice. <laughs> Where are you on The Orville? Uh, I'm in season two. Um 
what just happened? Spoilers for the Orville. So if you want to watch the Orville, just, you know, plug ears and go la 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 for a couple of minutes. Um, oh, the girl that I like is gone now. Which one was the girl you liked? The security officer? Yeah. The one I told you you were going to like? Yeah, I love yeah. her. She's gone. That made me sad. And now there's a new one and I don't like her as much. Even though she's basically the exact same thing, only she has a side ponytail. <laughs> she looks exactly the same. Oh, but she's crankier. Um, they were just at a planet where uh, the commander and Bordis got imprisoned for having a birthday. Do you remember that one? Oh, vaguely. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know what episode that was because I just hit next episode, next yep. episode, next until it, it stops. And, and the Orville's like, oh. on Disney Plus, right? Yeah. Yep. It's part oh, of is Stars. It? Oh, I'll, I'll get the, we yeah. We watch it. But yeah. Or Star? Is it Stars or Star? Star. Yeah. Star. Stars is where <laughs> is a different uh, Heels network. is on, and that's a different network. Right? And Star, you can get that through Crave. Yeah. We have to pay, extra. pay extra for that. Yeah. But I'm really enjoying the Orville still. It's good. I'll need to give it another chance. I watched the first couple of episodes and was like, "You got Ugh, it's trying too hard to be Star Trek The Next Generation. No, you you got to turn off your Star Trek brain and think of it as if somebody was trying to do a Star Trek The Next Generation role-playing game with a bunch of jerks. <laughs> That's basically what it is. Okay, I, I will give it another Like that, that meme of like what every D&D party thinks they are, and it's a picture of Lord of the Rings, like the Fellowship of the Ring, what every D&D party really is, and it's, it's a Monty picture of Monty Python, Python and the Holy, the Holy Grail. Grail. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So p- picture it more of like, you know, you're a really big Star Trek fan, and you want to DM a Next Generation game, and then you just get a bunch of jerks who decide to play along. So, side note, a friend, uh, well, uh, other Ed who has appeared on Mount Wrestlemore uh, texted me while we were playing D&D last week. He's like, hey, what are you up to? I'm like, playing Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, okay, I'll let you go on with that then. I just beat the shit out of a griffin. Dot, dot, dot. Good job? <laughs> well I'm a 17th done. level monk and I kick ass. <laughs> and I get eaten by a lot of things. Yeah, I have a list. <laughs> I've gotten eaten by a lot of things. <laughs> and you just work your way back out? Yeah, or through. I, I'm really liking our D&D game. Yeah. <laughs> so that brings us to... The main event! Ghostbusters Afterlife, a movie Yay! that... <laughs> if it got pushed back again, Ryan would have rioted. Yep. <laughs> he would have been by, by himself. himself. <laughs> I'd have been just burning, burning things down. By himself. All by myself. <laughs> um, I enjoyed it. Oh, very good movie. It was awesome. I am. It's sort of bad that Kevin didn't see it. Because yeah. this is honestly, this is a movie like right up your alley. That's what I've heard. I don't know if we should do spoilers for it. Go for it's it. It's got so much impact at the Go end if it. you don't know. Yeah, but even then, like it's Ryan, when we left the theater, classified it best as for Ghostbusters, this is the, the Force Awakens. But it, done right. But done yeah. right. Okay. It's all the nostalgia, but done really, really well. Yeah, so it's it's basically the first like the the original Ghostbusters movie, except the, yeah, they didn't do the whole ish. Yeah, yeah. Goes back. Yes, yes. But the thing is, is that it makes a whole ton of sense in Ghostbuster lore because yes. the whole thing with Gozer, as I'm sure Ryan will elaborate on, is that Gozer returns, and he returned in the '80s, and now Gozer is back. It's just it makes sense. Yeah. So it takes place in this mining town 
that we find out was where all the the metal ore that was used to make Dana's building was from that mine. And so it's Shandor's Mining Corporation or whatever it was called. And, uh, you know, the whole, well, why would you, who would make a building out of that type of you know material? Well, Somebody the, was trying to summon Gozer. Yeah. <laughs> and in the mine is like a, a carved out rock, like... Uh, Temple. Thank you, that's the word. To, uh, of Gozer. And we find out that that's why Egon found out about it, and that's why he moved there, was to prevent the next coming of Gozer. Like, to prevent the apocalypse. Apparently, you know, he... he t- nobody believes him. They One day he just... rocker. Yeah, he just takes all the traps from the firehouse... Uh, whatever proton, you know, unused uh, equipment and and power sources, and just and Ecto one, and takes off. Okay, leaves the the guys behind. Um, Even they think he's gone off his rocker, and yeah. that he's just he was out to ruin them because there he were just no kept more going ghosts. on and on about Armageddon and the end and yeah. everything. And so the movie starts with actually with of all things we see Egon. You see that this mountain and this apocalyptic type scene happening, and then this guy comes running out with a trap that's smoking, and he jumps into a truck, and then he's being chased by a ghost, and then he gets back to his dirt farm. And now, this is what I've had I had this conversation with Ed last night at dinner, and my take is Egon kills himself. He zaps himself with the ghost taser. And gives himself the heart attack. And gives himself the heart attack, so that he's so not. He doesn't taken... get possessed by the uh... by the ghost, since he's already trapped one of the ghosts, like one of the do- uh, one of one of the one terror of... dogs in the yeah. trap, and he's hidden the trap. He knows he can't. Like, the plan to trap, you know, to use the field failed. Isn't working. Yeah. He's not going to let himself be possessed because then that just defeats the whole fi- purpose. And he figures as long as the the dog is safely in the trap. They're good. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. So actually. that's why he just sits down because you, you see the whole day, you know, the chair thing like in, that happened yeah, to Dana. Yeah. And then the ghost goes. I don't think he tased the ghost and it ran away. A little bit yeah, of shock. That's an like interesting that. theory. Because then you still have, you know, so say, so say he tased the ghost and it ran away and he, then he has a heart attack. But mm. my, thing is, my thought is, you know, maybe as he's being, maybe as it's trying to possess him, it's a combo. Tases the ghost and himself. And gives himself a heart attack. And- it could be. Yeah, see, I just assumed that the ghost caused the heart attack. But I like your theory a lot better. <laughs> so, for for me, the, the way I've been describing this movie is, had this come out when I was a kid, this would have been my favorite movie ever. Really? Yeah, because it, like it's for on two different fronts. One, it's Ghostbusters. And I, I liked Ghostbusters a lot when I was a kid. And it's Ghostbusters that focuses on basically a child cast or yeah. younger, like that's it's, it's teenage on down. Yeah, the girl who plays Phoebe. Oh, she's great. She's phenomenal. Yeah, she's, she's got a really so good career cute. in yeah. front of her. She's so cute. <laughs> yeah, but it's also a movie about a kid who's a weirdo in her family who yeah. finally sort of figures out where she fits in. Yeah. yeah. Because they don't like again, sort of spoilers. Is Phoebe is Egon's granddaughter, but they don't know Egon. 
Yeah. Right. Is her, even, their, even their, her, their mom's been pissed at him since he left. Yeah, but even she said she didn't know him. Yeah. yeah. She never met him. And because of that, like, she's, That's, like, Phoebe's a science nerd and into all that sort of stuff. And yeah. her mom is just, like, anti-science. practically anti-science. Science. And, and also, it's the only way the math works. Yeah. Like, the only way the math works is if, because clearly her mom's, like, in her 40s, maybe, like, our age, a little older. And these kids or whatever. But like, if you do the math, the only way it makes sense is if Egon had this family before Ghostbusters. Busters. And kind of like left them to do ghostbusting science yeah. stuff. And oh, okay, yeah, I never did. I haven't done the math or read. Yes, I hadn't thought it. of that. Ed Campbell. Yeah, I, I, that I saw like a video me. where it mentioned that as oh, well. Okay. The hmm. and also because I guess when you look at the photos on the wall. Oh, yeah. And you see all the old photos. There's some with dates and stuff that say, you know, like 83 and 80, mm. you know, have like old, those old dates. So it's like, okay, well, then she clearly, if you look at the timeline of the movie and everything, and. Yeah. I didn't get the, the people who are like, well, why isn't Janine the mom? I'm like, did did we forget about Ghostbusters 2? She hooked up with uh, Tully. Yeah. Ghostbusters 2 doesn't exist. <laughs> it does. It does. It's right? part it of says the it does. In my brain. And, and and the fact that they, you know, why Ecto One only had the regular Ghostbuster logo on it instead of the the one with the two on the two fingers could be a possible plot point in the next movie. <laughs> Jeez. But um, so we had we had wondered, or at least I had wondered, because I'm a fan of Jason Reitman's films, but they're very different from this. He does like comedies or or dramatic comedies. With, like, human focus. Yeah. So I was curious to see what he does with, like, this big budget. Which and wasn't even that big of a budget. No. The movie was that, done with, like, it was only, like, $60 million. Nah, that's bigger than any budget he's ever had. Probably. Other than, like, the movie he made where George Clooney's in it, where, like, that probably cost up there just due to Clooney's cost, yeah. right? But it's still very much his movie, like, his type of movie. It's really focused on the characters. And the writing does a fantastic job. Like, quite frankly, there is a character in this movie called Podcast. He's adorable. Who is awesome. He's his, so adorable. <laughs> his dialogue sounds like it would more or less come from a weirdo kid like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, that, that's what he is. He's a weirdo kid. He's and, obsessed <laughs> with podcasts. And apparently, so... Um, Adam Savage did like a like it's a half an hour sit down interview with Jason Reitman, and they were talking about this kid who hadn't he hadn't done anything really before. They cast him out of Texas, okay, and like he said, it was like working with a forty year old pro. Like this kid Aww. just knew instantly what to do, where to look, and like how to question things and keep going with it. It's, yeah. but overall, like. <sighs> I, I, I really like this movie enough to the point where like when it comes out on Blu-ray, I'm probably oh, yeah. going to buy it, which yeah, for sure. is few and far between these days. I think that 40, if, less than 45 days. <laughs> I think that if you are a fan of the first Ghostbuster movies, even the second one, I suppose. If you're a fan you, of Ghostbusters, you will like this movie. What like. if you're a fan of the 2016 Ghostbusters? Yeah, you'll still like this movie. It, <laughs> it's very different. Is, like, this movie and that movie, this this movie kind of does universe. everything <laughs> that the other movie didn't do. 
as far as being a Ghostbuster movie. Like, it didn't, like, if this one felt more like it, well, like it belonged with the other two movies, whereas the other one was its own thing. Well, yeah, the 2016 Ghostbuster was basically in a, another universe and like yeah. a oh, Ghostbuster yeah, it, it multiverse. Was. Yeah, it, yeah, it is, exactly. It, it's like, if this one is a direct, tra- that, and that one, same timeline. The 2016, they tried too hard on the humor. Yeah. Yeah. And and a lot of the special effects, like that, that one had a bigger budget. That one was the budget for that movie was like twice. It was like a hundred and sixty million dollars. Yeah, and where this one is also like the original Ghostbusters is a comedy. Like it, it's like, classified it, as a comedy, but it's not a comedy. It's a comedic movie. A yeah, movie but with you look comedic at who's moments in that, that movie. But then that's a. It's the guys from Saturday Night Live. Yeah. So. This Ooh, movie you hit a was point. went like a different direction when the from the outset they didn't oh, I know. go to make the the comedic movie with action in it. They made a drama with action and comedy in it. If that makes any sense, yeah. Like they even, focused on a completely different aspect of the storytelling. Ryan's getting all riled up. No, but it's just well, it does bug me when people call Ghostbusters a comedy because it's not a comedy. It has comedic moments. It's like saying Avengers is a comedy. It's not mm. a comedy. Avengers is a comedy, though. There's what? nobody says Avengers is a comedy. That, that's I know. True. See, and I would but classify then, Ghostbusters now, as like, I guess, sci-fi. Yeah, sci-fi. You know, but then when this came out, you, you know, sci-fi was just out of space stuff. Yes. And so, because this is you know, it's a mix of horror, a mix of sci-fi, a mix of comedy. But it's a, just because it has you know Dan Aykroyd and Bill Murray and uh, and all you know, and. Um, Ivan Reitman made it and all this stuff. It doesn't, you know, with all this comedic background, doesn't automatically make it a comedy. No, it just means that it has really good comedic beats. Yeah. It's just like, well, look at all those Jim Carrey movies. They're not all comedies. Yeah. Not all good either. Exactly. (laughs) Um, Look at those Adam Sandler movies. uh, They're not all (laughs) comedies. The the last thing I kind of want to talk about is the redemption of Winston. In this movie? Oh, yeah. They, oh, they, they give yeah. that character some love in this movie. Yeah. yeah. So the story that's come out over the last couple of years is people have known the first part is originally that was supposed to be Eddie Murphy in the first movie. Eddie didn't want to do it or had scheduling conflict, something. Couldn't do it. Um, so when they cast uh, Ernie Hudson in it, they started chopping the part up. So a lot of his comedic lines went to other characters because, you know, it was written for Eddie Murphy, who was arguably one of the best comedians in the world at that period, and given to a guy who is mainly known for, like, theater work and, like, TV shows and stuff like that. Yeah. So you can kind of see why, but, like, he has since said, like, it kind of hurt him a bit that, like, he got there and then suddenly his part's been yeah. shrank a fair amount. I don't blame him because I always found in the first movie it felt like he was just a tacked-on character. Yeah. Like, which that he it, didn't really mesh completely with the with the whole movie not that i didn't like him he i really enjoyed his character but it just didn't he didn't it didn't feel like he it felt like he was an afterthought yeah. in the first movie so out of the former ghostbusters he is kind of the most done the best yeah. for himself yeah it was kind of nice that like that they had that little bit at the end and where we lead into possible sequel territory yes. yeah he's he's gone into uh he went into finance, and he's the one who's paying the rent on Ray's shop. And <laughs> oh, one of these days it'll turn a profit. Yeah, I really hope that he pays for the farm that. But they even made Egon's that make, kids are now living on her daughters. Now they even on. made that make sense 
Like he's yeah. like, they took a chance on me when nobody else was going to hire me. Yeah. And through that, I was able to become the guy that I am now. So I'm, you know. I thought you said that those times being a Ghostbuster were the most fun times of his life. Like it was the best times of his life. So yeah, that's got to be in retrospect, though. <laughs> <laughs> like fighting a Sumerian god on top of a. Well, I mean, you know, it's or it's being run over by the ghost train. The second one. It's probably still more fun than dealing with people in a corporate, cor- you know, no, boardroom. Yeah, you can't. Use a proton collider on those. <laughs> How many times he's just like itching for that proton collider while he's dealing with like some stupid board meeting? <laughs> uh, you guys do remember I saved the world? Yeah. Hello. Twice. Twice. That so, was a conversation we had after the movie. Is that I think Ryan, you were pointing out how people wouldn't remember what well, happened yeah, in the eighties. It's believable. Yeah, because and then yeah, the conversation we had after that is like, well, you know. Think about like our era where you know we've never lived through like a world war, so no, our experience of world wars is what we see in movies, yeah, and TV so it's, and it's documentaries and exactly. stories. And, and then I think Ryan, you said that you know in a couple of years that's going to be 9 11 to yeah. a bunch of people, right? I bet you today that you know there's probably children now that say, you know, 9 11, yeah, is this event that happened to them, it's a story, it's something they see on TV, yeah, and they see documentaries about. And, they're the old the old people around them talk about, but you know, that's yeah. why when they refer to uh, well a couple times you know oh yeah the ghost stories in New York or yeah you know saying like the like, yeah in the eighties New York was like the Walking Dead. <laughs> um, the the only cameo I think they should have thrown in is Slimer. The, no, is the town sheriff should have been uh, what's his face from Family Matters. The, Reginald the, Vell Johnson? Yeah, Reginald Vell, the guy from Die Hard, who oh, is the okay. patrolman the, cop the, uh, who yeah. lets them out of is jail in the first one. Oh, yeah. Okay. I honestly think that he is in his own universe where he is, a like, every cop role he's ever played is one universe, including Family Matters. <laughs> yes. It's just yeah. a, that's what ties all the universes together is that he's been the cop in all the stories. Yeah, because that's one of those things that, like... I just took for granted, like, okay, so he's a cop in Ghostbusters, he's a cop in Die Hard, he's a cop in Family Matters. That's how he must have started his acting career. He was a cop on something, was a consultant or something, and then, or a bit player, and just ended up being an actor, but he was never a cop in real life. <laughs> he just has that donut-filled cop look to him. I guess. I mean, he plays a good cop. Like... I buy him as a cop. I think it's good, but I'm like, in my mind, all of this, he is what connects. Like, so Die Hard and Ghostbusters and Family Matters is all the same universe. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I like it. Does yeah. Rick Moranis make an appearance in this film? No. 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 He's one of the only, because Sigourney Weaver does have a, a brief cameo in uh, the post credit <gasps> scene. I love that. That it's, that was. You see her, it's her and Peter. That was very re- what redeeming. Like their, their place. And she's doing, she's got him set up to his little ESP machine. Where he shocks her. The flashcards. Mm-hmm. And so she's holding, and he's getting the cards right. And then, uh, so she's, she's saying, how, how do you, how are you, how are you doing this? And he's like, oh, it's got to be you. And, and she's like, you marked the cards, didn't you? She's like, and so she zaps him and he's like, yeah, I marked the cards. Yeah, she zaps him a bunch of times because he's, he's like, can you believe I got to, I got away with this? But I would all, I never zap the girls. And she's like, <laughs> I like the fact that he went into teaching, what was it, publicity and marketing? Yeah, he's in marketing, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which is just perfect. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
No, it was really good. I, I honestly would like to go and see it again. Yeah. I, I there's and there, apparently they were allowed to like when they came on set they were allowed to improv. That oh, line where he's talking that. that line where he goes like Okay, on three, go on two now. <laughs> <laughs> that was completely improv and but the other two guys just slid right into it and went worked, with yeah. it. Now I can totally see some of the stuff that Bill Murray was saying, you know, in the whole but he's, you know, so when they show up, they're fighting Gozer, and he starts talking to Gozer as if she's an ex-girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, hey, come on, you know, we thought, you know, we agreed to keep our distance. And- so Gozer was played by, like, three different people. Oh, yeah? So physical Gozer is Olivia Wilde. Oh, okay. The CG... Who is, oh, remind me, Olivia Wilde, I know uh, the accent, I know the name. Tron. Tron Legacy. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Because when I was reading the credits, Brent was looking on his phone and he yeah. was like, I didn't know that Gozer was Olivia Wilde. And I'm like, but I just saw the credits go by and it was somebody else. And he's like, but the internet, and I'm like, but the screen we're sitting in front of. <laughs> so apparently we're both right. <laughs> Yay, and everyone's happy. <laughs> so the, the voice was done by... Shoraya Agadashlu. Shora Agadashlu from The Expanse. That's where I know her from. Okay, amongst many other things. Okay. Oh, okay. Great actress. And there was a third person, Emma uh, Portner, who's in the credits. That's the one you saw. Yeah, that's probably the one I saw. She's the uh, CGI spirit form, like I guess the Uh, the motion actress for it. Okay. Uh, Fair enough. I mean, the credits go by so fast, it didn't exactly say go well, spirit they, form. Goes well, to physical body. Olivia Wilde's not credited at all in uh, the credits, apparently. But it's... So overall, yeah. uh, okay, so Jen and I really liked it. Ryan, you are the biggest Ghostbuster fan amongst all of us. You have a entire detox shelf, almost, of Ghostbuster stuff. It's half. Did this live up to your expectations? Yeah. No, I was happy. I was satisfied with this movie. It... You know, it gave me the right amount of, you know, new stuff with then, you know, especially in the third act and the the last 20 minutes of it where, you know, you wrap up the old, everybody comes back, they're fighting together, spoiler, we get Ghost Egon helping out. Oh, it made me tear up The The CGI version of Egon was really good. was, was awesome. Yeah, uh, it was a good combination of they. Well, I saw actually I saw a clip with talking to his daughter. Yeah, and she said her dad would have been really happy that they went with a slimmer, <laughs> slimmer, older version of him versus because they, they could have gone with the Santa version of him that he kind of became. Yeah, but he would have been really happy with what they did. Yeah, she kind of mentions that like in another interview where he's like, she's like, they based it on. Egon as opposed to her dad. Yeah. yeah. And that that also made it like it was kind of weird watching it that way. But the, apparently the family gave like well, yeah, a it, lot of help and blessings sounds like, over. Sounds it. like they kept kept her in the loop with the script a lot and yeah. they brought her out to the set a lot and they stuff, brought so. her out when they went to scan the original packs from the uh mm. the archives and like she got to try on her dad's pack and stuff and nice. See, I feel like this whole making of this movie, they just did right by everybody. Yeah. And it was kind of perfect that it was, you know, the son of the director who yeah. was a kid on the set. Yeah. Uh, he was telling stories in that, I think it's in that Adam Savage interview we, at Ghost Corp. And he's like, him and his writing partner were in like this one room, which was like outside the window was the Ecto-1 was parked. And all day long is these 
tours coming by and people coming and take their pictures with Ecto One, and so when they're sitting there trying to write this movie, they're having to, you know, they're continuously thinking to themselves, "This is who we're writing this movie for." Yeah. I like the story where he talks about um, they're figuring out an action sequence. Yeah, that's where I was going. They can't figure it out, so they get action figures out of one of the uh, the cases and start setting them up on the ground. And then the two of them are sitting on the ground playing with these toys. <laughs> and Ivan in. Reitman walks in. He's like, like, "What are you doing?" And then just kind of shakes his head. <laughs> yeah. So overall, great movie. You should go see it. If take your kids. If I don't know if I've got time. I don't know when I'm going to squeeze in Spider Man. And I'd like to see Encanto too, the new Disney film. Oh yeah, is that not I coming see that to too. Disney Plus? No, it's going to theaters. It's, going, it's actually going to theaters. Yeah. But I know it's, it's your busy season. Uh, it's jolly season, so yeah, yeah. that's a, that is the fight you always have this well, time of year. If you don't manage to see Ghostbusters on the big screen, um, Ryan and Brent are both buying copies. So <laughs> excellent. <laughs> Less than 45 days. And you have a fancy TV, so maybe we'll have a movie night at your place. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> I'm just going to invite us all over. Sure. <laughs> Do you have a Blu-ray player? Not yet. <laughs> Christmas is coming. We can easily just bring a Blu-ray player. That's also very true. <laughs> well, that brings us to the end of this episode, and with the end of every episode, Geek Fix, who wants to go first? Oh, I guess I shall. On top of all the TV shows we've already talked about, I'm going to talk about one more. Um, I have been watching Only Murders in the Building, which is on Disney+. Oh, Plus. is that the Martin Steve Short, Martin, Martin Steve Short, Martin. Selena Gomez, and Sting? Uh, <laughs> he plays himself. He does. He? he does. He's a suspect. So uh, <laughs> it's, it's it's funny, and it's a really good murder mystery, and it's really well done. And I'm only on episode three of that, so no spoilers, please. But uh, I do. Are all the episodes available to watch? Yeah, uh, okay. yeah. It, it aired weekly on Disney Plus, uh, Disney Plus Star, because it was a Hulu original originally. Um, and uh, so all ten episodes are there, and they're only half hour episodes. I thought it was an hour long okay. drama, so it's. Oh, okay. It's set up more like a sitcom, Short and uh, sweet. but um, Martin Short and Steve Martin are brilliant as always, mm-hmm. and Selena Gomez is fantastic, and she really holds She's her own. She's a good actress. She really is. She's cute too. Uh, yeah, yeah, she is. So um, yeah, uh, give Only Murders in the Building a chance. It's uh, it's quite 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 good. I quite, believe uh, Snowhawk Cosplays recommended that as well. Like not on our show, but I think oh, just yeah? on his Facebook page. Oh. Well, he he really likes Steve Martin, so that's true. Yep. The, 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 yeah. Steve Martin's character, um, he plays an actor who used to be a TV detective called Brazos. <laughs> so um, most of the lines he delivers were catchphrases that he used to give on his old TV show, <laughs> uh, which is quite funny. Um, Martin Short's character is um, a an over the top theater director. Who's he's got some he's got some issues with uh, monetary uh, issues, and uh, so he's got a little side thing going on, and in a little hustle which is affecting what's going on on the show. And Selena Gomez is full of secrets. Ooh. Yes, so um, they don't know yet about her connection to the victim. So bum, bum, it's bum. quite interesting and quite fun, and it's funny. And for a for a show about a murder, it's quite light and fun and mm. sort awesome. of breezy. So I I would recommend giving that a chance. Only murders in the building. I think they have picked up a second season of it as well. Yes, they have. Nice. Next, who's going next? I'll go next. Cool. Uh, so I haven't. I'm nowhere near being finished watching this, but uh, I started watching Get Back. 
the new Disney Plus Beatles documentary. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was surprised to find out that the each episode is like two hours long. Mm-hmm. Uh, at this, as of this recording, there's made by the guy who made Lord of the Rings, buddy. Yeah, of course. He doesn't long. know anything about length. Yeah. <laughs> Other than being longer. Um, yeah, as right now, there's two episodes out. I believe the third episode comes out tomorrow. So by the time this airs, uh, all the episodes will be available to watch. And like I said, I'm about halfway through the first one, and it's just it's crazy sitting there watching them just go through their process. You know, just you know, just you know, trying to write songs and the stress that they're you know going there, squabbling with each other about how things are done, and then just the the timeline of when they're supposed to have like this whole album done in the in like three weeks to perform live, do like live shows. Yeah, but isn't that even like their own fault? Like, isn't that what they kind of like? This is what we're going to do. And what we agreed to. Oh, well, and no, like, for sure. It's just, yeah. They, damn it. What were we thinking? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be really interesting to see the whole thing through. It's all this old footage. And it's just, yeah. It's, and it's just nice to see the Beatles and hear the Beatles playing. And, you know, the, I love the Beatles songs and their music. And you can't sit there and not enjoy listening to them play so yeah even when they're, they're, they're playing their music and just kind of like throwing random words in so they don't have the lyrics yet it's just very interesting to hear uh to hear them so yeah. that's my pick sounds good jen uh i'm doing a little bit of a cop-out pick because uh my pick is hawkeye <laughs> we already talked about it so i don't need to go over it again but just, just watch it. just watch hawkeye i i mean I was thinking about all of the like geeky things that I've like books that I've been reading and like games that I've been playing and stuff like that. And I'm like, nope, Hawkeye is, is the best one so far. So, yeah, watch Hawkeye. Or Disney go Plus. buy the whole trade. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Read the trade. I don't remember the trade because I read it a very long time ago. But well, there's I, a bunch of trades. I do remember series, enjoying it. If you can find there is an omnibus. Well, no, well yeah, now you can buy it more recently. Yeah, there's a nice thick, two inches or so thick. Uh, yeah. That story. Yeah, it's like 50 bucks. I, you it. have it downstairs, don't you? Yes. Yeah, I, I got to reread uh, it. The nice hardcover of it. I got to reread it. Because it was one of those ones that uh, Marvel uh, put on super discount, you know, oh, when nice. they occasionally blow out omnibuses yep. and stuff. And so I traded in my paperbacks and got that. Oh, nice. Yeah. But it's, yeah, it's a great series. And Brent, your pick? My pick is the other history of the DC universe. Mm. It is now available in hardcover. It's an interesting format. It's not quite a comic book because it it is based on after Crisis on Infinite Earths, DC released a book called The History of the DC Universe and it's text with comic book illustrations. Like there's no word bubbles or anything. And it was done originally, that one was done by Marv Wolfman and George Perez. This is done by John Ridley, who, written by John Ridley, who wrote uh, 12 Years a Slave and is coming on to uh, Black Panther for uh, uh, Marvel. He's, he's done some Batman work for DC. And who's the artist on it, Ryan, since you've got the... Uh, uh, just the one of those three different names on the bottom. I don't know which one's the artist. Uh, I think they kind of all are. Okay. <laughs> but... It's right there underneath the title. Yeah, because they don't put it in the flap. Uh, Giuseppe 
Jim and Coley, Andrea Kaguchi, and Jose Villarubia. Um, they do a great job of doing a similar style to Perez's style at that point. But the story focuses around uh, minority characters in the DC universe, but it goes kind of through sets of characters and decades. So the first chapter is like the 60s through 70s, maybe even early 80s with Black Lightning and how he fit in with the rest of the DC universe at the time being like the first black superhero. The, the second is a pair of characters who were appeared in Teen Titans during the, the late 70s, early 80s period. The, the third chapter is Renee Montoya's version of things during like the, the late 80s, 90s, and like early 2000-ish sort of era. And I haven't finished it yet. The last chapter is Black Lightning's daughter and her stuff. And it goes through the history of the DC universe, but through the eyes of these characters who are minority characters and how things are different for them than it, than Superman, because like, as they point out, yeah, Superman's an alien and from a different planet and stuff. But at the end of the day, he still looks like a still white white guy. Yeah. (laughs) So it's really well put together and really well done. And highly recommended reading. It's the only odd part about it is it's definitely. I'd be very curious to figure out when this project was started because it's part of DC's Black Label, so continuity doesn't really matter. But it's definitely be like Renee Montoya's chapter focus. Like, there's a good chunk of it about fifty two. And I don't know how much of that's even continuity anymore and stuff like that. So, well, I wonder if it's just like her stuff from Fifty Two would still be kind yeah. of her continuity. But it's a, it's a, it's also like a, if you ever wondered what happened in the DC universe after like Crisis, it's a good way of getting like a minimal view of everything. Hmm. But uh, yeah. Uh, available uh, from your local comic shop. You could uh, order it through uh, Big B Comics in Barrie, Ontario, if you want. That's it for this episode. Next episode. Um, more Hawkeye. More Hawkeye, probably. Uh, the Doctor Who will have wrapped up by then. Yeah, yep. maybe. That that might be one that maybe you guys will do a separate episode and we just like stay, mm-hmm. stay in a soundproof booth. Um, yeah, there's so much going yeah. on. Um, the Expanse. The Expanse will have started. Uh, there's got to be a movie or two coming out soon, too. Yeah, and then in a, probably the episode after that will be Spider-Man. Spider-Man? Yes. Maybe you're oh, that's getting close to the year-end wrap-up. We're too. coming up close to that, too. And so. Christmas. Yay! One yep. month to Christmas. Which, uh, who knows? Kevin Kevin may be in and out, depending on when we have things booked. Yeah, when we can record uh, might, uh, might be an issue for me. Uh, that's okay. Next couple you're, weeks. you're allowed. Which is good because you're bringing uh, joy to the to the boys and girls and your wallet all at the same time. Yes, <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> My sister might even drive up to Aurelia just to take the kids to see you. So. Excellent. Well, she's got to make a reservation. Yeah, yeah, I know. The, the she knows. Why were you? I'm going to be at the Aurelia Square Mall the week before okay. Christmas. So yes. So. 
tons of stuff. Yep. Yep. I'll be here. Yep, me too. Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Until next episode, stay happy and healthy, everybody. Bye. Bye. Season's greetings. Set your phasers to sexy. Thank you for listening to the True North Nerds. You can find us at truenorthnerds.com or on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at True North Nerds. To contact one or any of the nerds, you can email them at truenorthnerds at gmail.com. Theme music provided by Kirby Crackle. You can find more of their music at kirbycracklemusic.com. If you like this show, please go to your podcast app of choice and rate and review us. Set your 